is a place that we can turn that will give us the comfort that we need, and that is in the Word of God. We've all heard Psalms 23, probably at numerous funerals. And I think there's a reason, and I want to share it again today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a place before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're going to talk about David who wrote this, but just the attitude that is in there and the transformation that takes place through that scripture. One of the things is the quickness of life. When we're at these types of events, we think of how fast life can pass. As a matter of fact, somebody asked Billy Graham one time, um, what is your greatest surprise in life? And he said, the brevity of life. We think of how quick life goes by. Sometimes when we're in it, it seems to drag on forever and ever, but we look back and it seems like just yesterday. Even when death seems probable, the imminent always surprises us when death finally comes. We know one day we're all going to die, but we never expect life to end when it does. We always think we may have one more year, one more month, one more week, one more day, one more hour. There are many that live to a, a ripe old age. And some say it's not just the uh, uh, fullness of years, but the fullness of life within those years. The Bible speaks of many in Scripture that were full of years. They lived to be old. There are many that enjoy good health for many years. But we are not guaranteed that tomorrow. Death comes to all. For some, death comes suddenly in youth. We had lost a grandson that was just over a year old. Sometimes God takes the young. Sometimes it comes quietly in the middle of night. You pass on in your sleep. Some death comes slowly over many years and many tears. And some it's quickly and unexpectedly. But death comes to all. Psalms 90 tells us the days of our lives are 70 years and if by reason of strength they are 80 years. Yet their boast is only a labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. God's really just telling us that we all have a number of days, a number of years that we will be around. It comes to all. Romans tells us it's appointed unto men once to die and then the judgment. We are warned over and over again through the scriptures about the briefness of life here on earth. But some how we seem to forget that. And we just believe we're going to be here forever. 
Job 7 tells us days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. And I read that and I thought, well, what does that mean? And it really meant this, that though each day is, is weariness, one of the commentators said, each day seems full of labors. We get up in the morning and we begin, begin to work and the days seem long while we're in it. Yet looking back upon our whole life, it says, it seems like it has come and gone in a moment. I have 10 grandchildren, I have another on the way, and it, I look at those little kids and I, it seems like just yesterday when their parents were just babies. I can look at my wife, we've been married 37 years, 38 years, I'm bad at that, Some, somewhere in there. And I can still remember like yesterday when we walked the aisle, when we had our first child, when we got our first child. We're all there, right? It just seems like yesterday, but here we are, getting older. James tells us, what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Life is brief. Isaiah would tell us that we are as the grass that withers and the flower that fades. We are temporal. Life is so short, but yet it is so precious. And we need to treat each day like it is precious. Psalms 90 says, to number our days. That really means don't take them for granted. Live each day that we have fully. First Samuel tells us that there is but one step between death and us. We're not invincible. We're not going to be here forever. We're all going to face death unless the Lord comes before. And as one of her scriptures in Ecclesiastes 3.2 reminds us that there's a time to be born and there is a time to die. And back to the 23rd Psalm, it was David who wrote this. David had suffered the loss of a child. Probably one of the most traumatic things. It's not natural for a child to go before their parents. But David had suffered this loss of the child and he was so grieved over his son dying that he couldn't be consoled. He was just stricken with this grief. But then he got up from where he was and he cleansed himself off physically and spiritually. And he put on clean clothes and he went to the temple of God, what we would call the church today. And he worshipped God. He was thankful. And he said this, I know that my son cannot come back to me, but one day I will go to him. And I believe as was just shared here just a little bit ago, Peggy is not coming back here. But we have an opportunity to be joined in glory where she sits today. And so that's why David could say, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. David said, I'm in a low spot, but I know what God has for me. David knew that the Lord was with him and that goodness and mercy would follow him all the days of his life. The Bible would tell us that death is the last enemy of man and that we all must prepare for death. And preparing for death is not a will or buying insurance. That's for those that we leave behind. But we need to prepare ourselves 
by receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus was not a way. He said, I am the way. In a world today of political correctness and an inclusiality and all these things that come, Jesus made the statement that it was only through him that we will be with the Father. Death also makes us come to grips with God because in the end, it's going to be us standing before God. You know, when death comes to the young, we say, what a shame. When death comes to the old, we say, that time passed so quickly. This life is a one-time opportunity to meet, to prepare, or to prepare to meet, excuse me, with God. Preparation implies that there is something in the future. When we're preparing for something, we know that God has something greater for us beyond this life. Yes, we can enjoy this life. Yes, we're here to live and to walk in and to enjoy the things that God has given us. But we know that there's something more. Jesus left. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. So where I am, you may be also. Death is a necessary transition for us all. Every one of us. It's a transformation that takes place from the the physical and the temporary to the spiritual. It is the final journey that we all must take in our life. Are you ready? Death always seems to be a terrible tragedy, but we forget this one point that we have distorted the vision about really what it's all about. Yes, we have an emptiness. Yes, we're going to miss those that were with us. But death is a glorious time that we leave this world and we enter into the presence of God. Paul stated in the scriptures, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, but as long as I tarry on this earth, really I'm going to serve him. You know, Peggy had that, that attitude. I remember visiting with her once over in Osseo. And as a pastor, you're asking certain questions and you want to make sure of certain things. And, and uh, as I was talking with her, I, I just asked her, I said, are you afraid of anything? And she says, no, no, I'm not. She says, I still really believe that God has something more for me to do. She says, I don't know what that is. And I told her, I said, that will be my prayer for you then. That God lets you accomplish everything that you need to accomplish in your life. As long as she was in that tent, as long as she was in her flesh, as long as she had breath in her life, she wanted to accomplish more. She felt God had something more for her to do. What would life be if we all lived our life in such a way, in such a manner? The last day that we got to visit with her, last Wednesday... As my wife and I were there, my wife asked her, Peggy, have you accomplished everything that you've wanted? She looked over at one of the children and she says, I think I have, haven't I? And she said, I think so. She says, yes. I have nothing more to do. 
didn't mean that she wanted to die at that time, but I think she had accomplished the goal. Whatever it was, she had figured it out. And it was the next day when she went into a coma. And the next day when she passed. Death is a joyous time when we think of Peggy and the pain that she was in, but yet being so joyful around us. Being an encouragement to us. Still being able to, to joke and to laugh about things and where she was at and to think that now she is in a place where there is no more pain, no more suffering, you know, no more needles, no more cancer, swelled feet, bed sores, whatever it is. She's in the presence of the Lord. It becomes a joyous time for us. We need to remember life's destination and it is not here, but it is with the Lord. That's why he sent Jesus down to us to make us a bridge that where he is, we may be also. That is our destination, is to be with him. We must remember that we have been given temporary bodies to live in a temporary world. And eternity is with Christ or without. So what happens at death? Job asked this age-old question in Job 14. If a man dies, shall he live again? That was Job's question. Our last visit with Peggy, she had a question uh, that I had never been asked before. And she says, I want to know what happens next. And I didn't have the answer. I said, I know where you will be, but I didn't know the process. She wanted to know the process of coming from here to being in the presence of God. And all we could tell her is, you know, God has a place waiting for you. And whatever you go through, he will hold your hand. And I believe that's true for every believer. And she was satisfied. And I believe she knew that. See, for the believer, we don't really fear being in heaven with God. We sort of have that fear of the unknown. But I'll share a scripture with you in a little bit that will give ease of that. See, for a materialist or an agnostic or an atheist, they say no. They say that there is no life after this life. You're finished. That's the end of man. You're flesh and bone and no more. Scientists will tell you you cannot know. Most scientists. And they only deal with the five senses. Are they right? Is death really the end of things? No. If you believe in the word of God, if you believe in scripture, 1 Corinthians 15 says, In this life, only if we have hope in Christ, we are of all men to be most miserable, to be most pitied in another version. You know, it tells us that a man can live 40 days without food, that they can live 8 minutes without air. But really, we can't live 1 minute without hope. Peggy had a hope through her whole journey. And, and I like that, that word journey, because it was a journey for her. You could write a book about the things that she went through and, and how she faced those things. We can't live one second without hope. Christ gives us that hope. Jesus said this, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Hope. 
hope beyond this life. There is another life and another world beyond here. A place without sickness, without sorrow, without separation. A place without tragedy, a place without tears. A place without death or without disappointment. There's life beyond the grave. When Dio Moody was a young man, he was called to do his first funeral. He thought, I'm going to go on the Gospels and, and find where Jesus did a funeral. Because what better model do we have than that? And you know what he found? Jesus never preached a funeral message. In fact, Jesus broke up every funeral that he ever attended because he taught eternal life through him. We think of funerals as an end. And Jesus always preached. It's a continuation of a new beginning. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow with all of its mysteries, with all of its uncertainties. A few days ago, Peggy changed her residence to heaven. And I thought of the scripture in 2 Timothy. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Does that not sound like her journey? It does. What an example for us. Those words that can encourage us. She fought a good fight, kept the faith, and now she's with the Lord. She's receiving the benefits of her faith. She has seen angels for the first time, and she's heard the angelic choir sing. Peggy is not here today because in the wisdom of God it was her time to go. David said, Yet as surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, there's only step, one step between me and death. For each one sitting here today, there's one step, one breath, one heartbeat between this life and the next. Most assuredly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. That was a scripture that a friend of mine who's battling cancer had shared with me a long time ago that I was able to share with Peggy also. For the believer, he who keeps my word shall never see death. In reality, Peggy didn't die. She left us. She left us in the flesh here. But her last breath here was her first breath in heaven. Her last heartbeat here was her first time in the presence of the Lord. She didn't die because she had eternal life in her. She had eternal life while she was here. And that continues on. Sometimes we think eternal life begins when we die. God says no. When he comes into our life and his Holy Spirit fills us, we are on that journey of eternal life. Do you have this hope? Do you know, like Peggy did, where you will spend eternity? Let's pray. Lord, we do not know the time or the hour in which we will be called from this life. One hour, everything seems fine. We have a mother, a grandmother, a family member, a friend that is with us. And the next moment, they have left us. Our tears and sorrow are the witness that we feel in this loss. 
pain of the sudden vacancy that is left in our lives. But the Bible tells us that even Jesus grieved when he lost his good friend, Lazarus. But we find strength in your promise that you won't leave your people comfortless, but that you will come to them that seek you. You know our thoughts, you know our questions, you know our confusion. And so, Lord, we ask you to be with Peggy's family and friends as they walk through this valley. Let the light of your love and the promises of your word at this moment begin to brighten their life. And we ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. As we prepare to sing our last song, Jesus Loves Me, she wanted a a song for the children because she loved the children. I just want to give a couple announcements um, and then uh, Maureen will dismiss us after this. We're going to have a a graveside committal at East Lawn, but because of the road construction, um, we can't drive all the way through. So if you're going to drive in, you have to be able to back out. Okay? So... Some people can do that, some people can't. You can walk in there, but if you're going forward, you've got to be able to back out. Um, you can pull all the way in in roads one and three, I believe. Um, you can get close that way because she's at the far end. Um, and the uh, um, family, and that will be in road two, I believe. So you may have to just walk a little bit, or if, if you're able to walk, you can park out on the road. Um, so that's for the committal service. Um, if you're going to stay back here, um, we're going to have some men that are going to be taking down some of these chairs, putting up some tables, getting ready for the meal afterwards. And we do invite everybody to come back and, and visit with the family um, and, and have a bite to eat and just stay in fellowship as, as long as you want. So. Um, that's just some, sort of the house duties, but uh, we'll have a closing hymn at this time. Jesus loves me, this I know. Amen. Mm-hmm.
Tells me so. 